person we've got kylie and we've got kyle and we've got jake from 30 day bay we're just gonna get right to it get right back to it and see what they have to say okay back to um kind of the experiment so directed towards jake kylie and kyle all three of you um what was the ultimate conclusion of the experiment for you um and did it, did it confirm disprove you probably like what was kind of your takeaways? I think we kind of talked about it a little bit, but just to reiterate. Kyle, you can go first. <laughs> okay, I will go first. So I have, I have a lot of takeaways. So kind of like on a macro level, my main takeaway um, just from watching all of this play out is I, I hear this sentiment a lot um, that our generation, that the millennial generation, the Gen Z generation um, is too lazy to date or that we're just not interested in getting into relationships. We're too individualistic, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't, uh, based off of what I've seen, I, I don't think that's true because I can't imagine that like our little experiment, you know, there in Utah going international and, you know, just tons of people giving it all this attention. Um, it, it tells me that, People are like, for lack of a better word, they're thirsting for this kind of stuff, right? Like they are, they're <laughs> looking for information about how to date, how to get married, how to get into a relationship, how to stay in a healthy relationship. That's what uh, the people in our, our age group are looking for. Um, Sorry, just so, to specify thirsting, not thirsty. Yes, correct. <laughs> thirsting for it. Um, <laughs> But I think, I, think, I think that's a big takeaway of mine is that um, I think that our generation is doing, like, we want the right things. We want connection. We want um, to have relationships that make us better. And that's what we're searching for. So that's on a macro level, that is a big takeaway. On a micro level, um, I think we've learned that um, feelings can develop between two people when other options are taken off the table. Um, I think that we have seen that through the experiment. Um, like I said before, chemistry, that spark is necessary, but it's not sufficient in dating relationships. And I also think that full commitment is necessary to a lasting relationship. And if both partners aren't fully in, it will fall apart. It will go bad. Um, and it was also another interesting takeaway that we didn't, we didn't go into it thinking that we would, you know, come out with this was the, the, I guess the role that choice plays in a dating relationship. Um, we had, I think it was during season one, we had several people say like, well, you know, like, I'm not sure about this because they didn't choose me. 
they were assigned me. Um, and that ended up being like a big hang up for a bunch of people. Yeah. And so with season two, we tried to kind of remedy that a little bit by introducing some choice to the application process. We made it so that they didn't directly choose each other, but we like told them about each other and then they were able to kind of choose um, who they wanted to do the experiment with of these people that we gave them. Mm. So that kind of layered in some choice. Um, but it was, it was just interesting that that was such a big hang up. That was like a big thing for a lot of people, a hurdle that they couldn't get over in this relationship that they weren't able to choose or that they didn't feel chosen. That's more important. So maybe if there was like, they had three, so you had your top three. So I'm going to go off like capstone for, so for my engineering, we have this capstone project that we had to do for final whatever. And you rate your three top things with like stars, like five stars for this one, four stars, three stars. So kind of like that same idea, like, okay, here's all the candidates that made it. Like maybe this is my top one. This is my second. This is my third. And kind of like matching it kind of like med school even. Um, and then doing that. And then actually would be, I'd love if you guys ended up doing another season to see like doing that. And then after the 30 days, switching it up, like having them start with a new 30, another bay still in the group, but just like swapping pairs or they can say they want to stay. And like, that would be interesting for sure too. Cause then you've got choices, but you're also choosing one person. So like you can say, Oh, this is my top one or you can. Yeah. I just think that'd be, that'd be interesting for sure. Bays in paradise. <sighs> yes. Trademark that right now. Patent pending. Yes. <laughs> Just stuff all the base together and then, you know, let the experiment take its course. But no, I totally agree. I think I would be really insecure knowing that the person I was with was assigned to me. And I think we've talked about this before you know, having commitment is so important in a relationship. And, you know, we, we talk about how it really doesn't make sense to ask God if you should be with this person or not, because honestly, as soon as he tells you, you know, yes, like this is the one and only for you. Right. Then if anything goes wrong, if anything goes sour, you'd be like, well, you know, I was forced into this. Right. You know, like, this was supposed to be, you know, perfect. Right. And so I think, I think the Lord really does expect us to put some personal investment into our choice. So you choose your love and you love your choice every day. Something Kyle said too, that kind of triggered, not triggered, but like um, brought interest to my mind was other options were taken off the table. So like that part is interesting to me too, because like, I mean, obviously dating apps are a huge thing. And that's one of the reasons like, it's hard to like, if you're in that mentality, it's like, Oh, you can find somebody else two swipes away. So like the idea of if you only had two or three options, or if you only had the one option, then it's like, it makes commitment a little bit easier because you're like, okay, well, this is literally the only person that I'm interested in right now. So of course I can fully commit to them, you know, that's, that's something interesting too. I just had to point out like, huh. Cause I've seen that myself, like where I'm, I am interested in like two or three girls. And so like, it's hard for me to choose one and then they all fall away mm-hmm. or like I lose contact with all three of them or two or whatever. And then there's one that I'm interested in 
And I'm like, cool, like full investment and it works out or whatever. And so it's just interesting that kind of, it makes me think about like dating apps again um, and like how it maybe is a really big, it's the whole, if you have 300 options, you're not going to be able to make any better decision than if you had one. It's a lot harder to make a lot of decisions that way where if you have like 10 or less, it's like, oh, okay, well, those five, I don't appeal to me at all. Or, you know, so that's just an interesting concept too. But yeah. So on that note, um, so it's like the, so eHarmony, their kind of philosophy in setting people up is that you want to have as many options as possible, but you also have to have a really clear idea in your head of what you're looking for. Um, and so it, it's, it's kind of the idea is that if you know exactly what you're looking for, a lot of options is not a problem necessarily. It's only a problem if you don't know what you're looking for. Um, and so I think problem, part of the problem is it's so yes, there's a problem that we have too many options or the appearance of too many options, I should say. But the other part of the problem is they like you could meet somebody that's great for you and you just wouldn't even know it. And if everybody knew exactly what they were looking for, you could have a billion options. And then the second you found somebody that fit what you were looking for, you just you just date them and marry them because it you would say, Well, that this is what I'm looking for. And you would have a greater chance of finding that person, but I'm of the opinion that it's just that no, we don't really know what we're looking for. I was going to say that's, that sounded like the more like we nobody knows what they want. <laughs> kind of not exactly, but just like in a sense, like, yeah, I was thinking about that today. I was like, what do I want? You know, yeah. it's like funny though. It's I don't know what I want. Um, actually, okay. Wait, I wanted to ask you guys this because I asked Stephanie this before and I don't think I asked Jake, but okay. First imagine the person like imagine your type. Like if you were to have a type of person you're interested in, imagine that right now. What is that person, that type of person to you? Like physical, sorry, mostly physical appearance. It could be personality, but stick to physical for just right now. Physical appearance. What is that person? Um, and now the first person you like actually dated or was like interested in, like the first person you ever like went on a date with or like, you were interested in that person to try and date them. Is that person your type? So you're, you're asking, is what I'm looking for what I'm actually looking for? No. So more of like the first person you ever dated, did that person shape what your type is now? That's kind of the overall. Oh. Yeah. Because in my mind, it's like the exact same. And I'm just like, it kind of freaked me out. I was like, I thought about this. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's like, I don't think you asked me this. Did I not? Dixon, okay. I remember you asking me this. Your buffalo, Kylie? The white buffalo. Kyle, we've talked about this. The white yeah, buffalo. We totally have. I don't right, know where the phrase comes from. White but buffalo. The white buffalo is like, <laughs> I don't even know if I can explain it, but it was explained to me. It's like, it's the one that got away that like will always be, it's just like the mystical creature, you know, Ooh, the like one that. that got away that you're like, oh, the first, you know, interesting I mean, it is for me. Well, I, I do think that like, you've got a lot more hormones running around in you when you're a teenager. And I think that you've like the, the intensity of your first like relationship is just like, like I, I just, it's the older I get, the less, like, I just like know like kind of how things go. And I, 
am less inclined to get like all worked up about somebody. It just takes longer. And, and when you're a teenager, it's just new and exciting. And it's just like that whole process is just really impressionable. And sure. I think that there's, there's character traits about some of the first people that I dated that are like, that are really important to me, but that that's a good point. Maybe that's not a necessarily something that should be happening. It's just kind of what we kind of learned our first learning experience and, that's kind of what we expect in the future. I don't know. That, maybe that's, that's an interesting point. Maybe there's a little bit to it. That's who we think we deserve. The first, the first person I dated taught me a lot about my own worth. He was the one that taught me I was lovable. And he was the one that taught me that, you know, I was, that I was beautiful, that I was desirable. Because up until that point, I didn't have anyone that had shown interest in me, romantic or otherwise, at least not to my knowledge. And so he was the first person to show me that I, you know, what I deserved, right? And so I think there is, a, I think there is definitely is some attachment to that kind of person that would go out of their way to single you out and tell you that you are the person they want to spend time with. You're the person they're attracted to. Um, you know, you are their first love essentially. It's like very flattering. It's very flattering. It's very like endearing. And maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. Why that kind of imprints on you. Yeah. It just, in my mind, it's like, it's, it's like you're saying the imprint, but it's just the whole psychology of it. You know, like, yeah, like that first person that is interested in you and you were interested in them. That's like impactful, especially as a teenager. But then like, as you get older, like the more people you date and the more like serious relationships you get in as well, like there's things from those people you'll pick up and be like, Oh, I really, really like this aspect of that person. That's kind of something I want. Like, I think it's like, it's the process of finding that person, right? Finding your person is just like piecing those little things together the problem is I wonder if like, as we're piecing that, we create this like monster of what is the Frankenstein that just doesn't exist. You know, and we like piecing all these things together. <laughs> like you gotta be this and this and this and this and this, but like, and maybe that doesn't exist or maybe there's some things that are there. And so you're just like, okay, they have these, like these things that are sufficient. And anyways, it's just the psychology behind it is fascinating to me. And so that's why I wanted to ask like the whole, the first person question of who you dated did that, how did they shape what you're attracted to now? I just think that's fascinating. Dustin, can I answer your question? Yes. I wanted to kind of give my two cents um, just thinking about it. I feel like for me, I've taken like the, like the opposite, I guess. Like I, I find things that I don't want in a relationship. So like I, I think of the things that like, Kyle's not oh, this is, yeah, you agree. Yeah. I, I, I pick things that I, I don't want, but I'm not necessarily picky. If that makes sense. I say, okay, she has this, that's not like bad. Like, let's just say she, she, you know, bites her nails. Like that's not something that I'm going to like say, Oh, we can't date her. Um, but I think the bigger things is, is that, you know, if they're not kind, I want someone that's kind. Um, if they do something like, I guess for me, I'm more on the emotional side. So I want to have that, I guess, emotional stability, but also know that, you know, 
everything else is, you know, good. But I think for me, I, I start thinking about what I don't want rather than what I do want. If that makes sense. Yeah, I know if that makes sense. That leads me to another question. So let's say that, um, you know, you're, you're with somebody and they say that the spark isn't there for them. You know, is that them just being picky? Like, I want to talk about it, the whole, it's not you, <laughs> it's me. Do we use the spark as an excuse to cop out of relationships? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's an excuse. Um, I think that if you really, really put some thought to it and took the time to figure out, like, ask yourself why you're feeling your, the way you're feeling, you don't, you don't need to take your feelings at face value. You can, you can question them. You can work through them and, and figure out there's probably a reason why you don't feel a spark. And if you just spend some time thinking about it, you're probably going to come up with a reason. And uh, you may not need to tell the person that reason, but I think it's, it's important when you end something to, to come up with good reasons why you're not dating them, not just that I'm not feeling it. Agreed. I would say too, to kind of add that, I think a lot of, you know, it's not you, it's me. It could be a lot of smaller things that like, trick people into saying, Oh, it's, it's obviously not you, but it really is you because you have this small thing. Like you, you bite your nose, you leave the, the socks on the, the ground. You don't do your laundry or something like that. Like, I think it's one small thing that can lead to one big thing. And it's just because people don't know how to communicate that. I think it could be very hard to like say one thing, you know, I, I just think, communication is key in a relationship. And I think people don't know how to communicate and that's just, it is what it is. I, I also think it's important to, um, to define like the level of pickiness because I feel like we're all picky in some way, right? Like we all have, we all have, uh, deal breakers, um, like in 30 rock. Anyway, so like the first, there's, there's three types of pickiness that we've come across. Um, and the first one is kind of a healthy pickiness. That's when you're just a little bit cautious before jumping into a long-term relationship. You want to get to know this person um, before you really commit and maybe till you really feel the spark, the chemistry between you. That's like, that's like a good kind of pickiness, right? You're not dating a serial killer good all right check. Um, step one check step yeah one. don't date a serial killer <laughs> that is a healthy thing to do um the second kind of pickiness is extreme pickiness and that is where you hardly ever feel a spark with someone or if you do feel a spark with someone it usually it goes away as soon as you find enough faults that you know in the person that it just overcomes the spark right, right. kind of stomp out the spark Yes, exactly. And that's not, that's not a good kind of pickiness. Um, we're kind of, the first one's okay. And the second and third ones are not so good. The third one is the worst kind of pickiness and that's fear based pickiness. And that's when there is no spark because you're so scared about the whole thing. You're just a giant blob of defense mechanisms trying to go into a relationship and that is never going to work. Um, and so 
that third one, if you, if you identify with that third one, like it's very important that you get a therapist so that you can overcome something like that. Right. I am of the opinion that every YSA ward in the church should have therapists to help the young single adults to be in healthy relationships. I think if we, we want to increase the amount of marriages in the church, that would be the one of the best. I would agree. Well, I'm going to go to my bishop right now. Be like, hey, bishop, we need a ward therapist. That's brilliant. <laughs> I think that's, it should be a calling, actually. Let's just put it that way. But the problem is, if it's a calling, then somebody don't well, don't make to be some, somebody in the ward. Be don't like, make some noob a therapist. The ward therapist. <laughs> they just okay. go and listen. It has to, to be problems. like a legit like calling. You have a degree in it and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Kyle, anyway, that was like. People, oh, go go ahead, Jake. I was just going to say, I think some people use their bishop as a therapist when <laughs> they probably should not. Agreed. True. Yeah, agreed. Kyle, that was like the most succinct answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated. It was wonderful. It was exactly what I needed. Well, thank you. Yes, that was awesome too. Wait, so yeah. remind me what the first one was. The first one was just healthy pickiness, where you're just checking this person out. You're not just like diving headlong into a relationship with any Joe Schmo that comes across your path, which okay. well, we've all, all seen. Right. I was, I was trying to think of a good metaphor cause I like metaphors and they help me. Okay. So step, if the first one is, so you're trying to create this spark. You're the kind of person who's building a fire. You've got all your things kind of laid out. It's all organized. You've got your sticks stacked on each other. You got your, newspaper you're kindling all that and you're starting a spark you're trying to spark it or whatever and sometimes there's a spark and it lights and it kind of kindles or whatever and sometimes it doesn't so that's one that's probably the best one two um fetching what was the second situation i just had a good one for it the second one was extreme <laughs> pickiness where you stamp out well yes spark. okay so <laughs> then then this is same same fire same fire I'm sorry, this is really bad. We're here for it, it, Dustin. Just let it go. Absolutely. Same fire. Um, But now you're seeing sparks that are different colors, and you're like, ooh, so this is a a red spark. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about the spark. Or or you've got the spark going, the fire is going, but then you start seeing different different aspects of the fire, and you're like, hmm, I don't like the yellow on this fire. I'm going to start over and just stomp it out or whatever. And then the third one, is you got, again, the same fire. Everything's there, the whole kindling and everything. And you pour water on it. Exactly. You knew where I was going. You literally know what it is. You just stole your thunder. All over it. Yeah. You're just like, sabotage myself because of fear. And so... Because you are scared of fire. Exactly. And you need like, to get over that before yeah. you start the fire. Exactly. Because <laughs> how are you supposed to spark something if you're scared? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jake, for finishing it. You're welcome. That was great. Quality. That was awesome. Beautiful mm-hmm. analogy. Beautiful analogy. Sent into a book. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fam. We are about at time, but I wanted to thank you all so much for joining us today, teaching us about commitment, teaching us about the spark, and telling us about your experience. It was so fascinating. If you guys haven't checked it out, please go online and read through their amazing blog um you won't be able to put it down at least i couldn't put it down it was so fun so thank you guys for creating such a unique experiment and hopefully we 
can still learn from the 30-day bay. Hopefully we can make a TV show out of this or something. Hopefully. Bay is in paradise. Let's make a YouTube series. That's what we should do. Bam. <laughs> Done. Deal. Dustin will star in it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. I will produce. Matt will help me out produce. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought that would be really cool. I think that would be a really, really cool experiment. So, But anyways. Make sorry. it happen. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. We're really thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good one. I am so glad that we were able to get those people on our podcast. Yeah, they had some yeah, cool insights. Really honestly. cool. Freaking Jake is Jake is a freaking champ, man. Like he's got yeah. wisdom. He's really I cool. I don't know how I would handle an experiment like that. I think to his point, I think that would really wreak havoc on my, on my already insecure personality already. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I I feel for him. I feel for, you know, all of the people that kind of went through that. But at the same time, like I learned so much from reading through those entries that they had and talking to them about, you know, their experience putting that experiment together. Um, I don't know. I think there really is a lot to be said of, you know, the spark being critical but not sufficient. Like that that whole line is something that I'm going to be thinking about for the foreseeable future. Yeah. The necessary versus sufficient. Yeah, it's, it's necessary. It. It's, they were saying it's necessary, but it's it's not like – the whole picture you know i, I like I his metaphor of like flower in the, the flower yeah it's it's necessary the flower is necessary but it's not it's like not the full ingredient which i really liked because yeah there's a lot of ingredients in a relationship i just i'm i really really liked i think I'm, i mean i emphasize this when we were talking to them but i really liked how jake p i'm gonna call him jake p because there's two jakes here so jake p, jake p was he was telling us about just like because the commitments was solid there he didn't have to worry about like oh am i interested or not like am i gonna hurt this person like he knew it was already there like it had already this was happening and so i don't know i don't know if there was a connection between spark and commitment like there probably was for sure i think that was helpful i think it helped I think it uh, took away the water on the fire, if you will, if you want to keep going with my metaphor, because I was so glad. <laughs> that metaphor, man. That was great. Yeah. But, the gift that just kept on giving. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, yeah, so like in that sense, I think the, the 30 days I've already committed took away the water and even potentially took away some of the unwanted flames from the second part, like the face or whatever of the metaphor. Because you're with that person for 30 days um, and it doesn't like, I don't know, I just, it took it like, in my mind, the thing for me is like, I don't want to keep dating somebody, leading them on, making them think that I'm interested in them when I'm just trying to get to know them more. Because like, I think like after five or six dates, that's in my mind where I need to figure out like if I'm actually interested in the person or I'm wasting their time. But that's just me personally. I don't know what the, I don't think there is a, any statute of limitations for that one or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, I think there is actually, I have an experience with that one, but go on then. Well, I was going to say like, I think, 
I mean, like all, all, I guess, experiments aside, if we're going on like a seventh or sixth date with a girl and we haven't really necessarily know what we're doing, I would say, I would say to the fact that if we don't know then, then I think it's, I think it's good to kind of cut ties. Um, and that's just from an experience that I've had with a girl where I, I did go on like seven or six dates and I still didn't know what I really wanted to do if I wanted to actually date her or not. And I was like, you know, I think we're just better off friends and, and it is, it is what it is. There's just no spark. Um, it wasn't there, but she's like, she's like the coolest person ever. Like she, we were just friends and we, we've been friends for, for a while. She's married now, but I think, I think like if we don't know between third or fourth day third third day at least then i think cutting ties would be a-okay yeah i think at six or seven that's that is kind of the tell sign you're like oh if i still don't really know if i even want to like date this person then i don't know it makes me think that just the longer you spend with someone the more obvious a more apparent it becomes that you want to spend more time with them but i don't know it seems to be that the biggest problem is communication and like how you're feeling as opposed to how they're feeling about everything. So, which is always hard. Communication is not easy, which is why I really thought it was cool. The first two, like the first two days they're together, they had to specify, like talk about some deep stuff or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. I I thought I'll go for it. I was really impressed by talking about the importance of choice in the experiment and how that really was problematic in the first season. Um, And that really led to the biggest problems because, you know, choice is really, your agency is so important in establishing healthy relationships and establishing, you know, that desire because you got, you have to love the one you're with, you know? So I remember watching, I think I sent you guys this video too. I don't know if you saw it. It's a TED talk. It's called like the science of happiness. Um, And he talked about how, I think it was, there's some jam manufacturer, maybe it was Heinz. There was some like some condiment where they had many, they had come up with like 20, 30 different flavors because they're like, Oh, more options is better. Right. But it was actually worse for their sales because there was too many options. It was overwhelming for people. Whereas if they only had, I think it was like 10, that's kind of the number I said before is like, if they only had 10 options, then it's like, you can roll out the ones you obviously don't want and be like, okay, well, I like these three. Let's see, maybe I'll try this one today. And then next week I, I shop. I don't know. It's kind of that whole thing of like too many options is a bad thing. Cause then you're like, I don't know what to do and I don't have the time to do it all. So I'm just going to not, I guess. Would you guys jump on the chance to, be set up like that to have a yeah. matchmaker make a match for you um, for like 30 days or just like just to, just in general in like general? you don't you don't have to choose the next your next girlfriend it'll be someone are you trying to like for you. something are you trying to set up <laughs> <Are> you <laughs> trying to arrange <laughs> marriage is that what you're going for here i'm just saying if if that was an option if that was like a service that you could access would you would you take that person up on it or would you prefer to make your own choice? I mean, go for it, Dustin. 
sorry, I'll be quick. I think if it was like the second season and kind of like the third season I said that we should, I alluded to, um, I think it would be really, really cool if you had this, like you could pick your top three or like you had all the candidates in there and you could go through and be like, okay, based off of what I see and what I know about this person, kind of like neutral, kind of, where you see a profile, like you have pictures, but you have a lot of information about the person and you're like, okay, top three I'm interested in. And then they also match with you top or whatever, maybe top five. I would do something like that where I still had the choice in the matter. And I knew, okay, this person is also interested in me kind of thing. I don't know, like a mixture of neutral, but also like, I don't know, having a choice. I don't know. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I, I think I would go for, uh, it sounds like you're saying like a blind date. Would you go on the blind date and be set up with someone like that? Is that correct, Stephanie? Not necessarily. I mean, I'm just saying if you could be guaranteed like a smart match, like would you have someone make a match for you? I think out of curiosity, sure. Why not? I haven't done it before, you know, um, I'm not, I guess, opposed to the option. I think my, I think my question behind that was mostly, you know, our, cause this is something that I've thought about a lot. I, I've heard stories of arranged marriages going really, really well and people, you know, being super, you know, uncertain about their arranged marriage at first, but then it totally like worked out and they have this beautiful long relationship together. And I'm like, boy, my life would be so much easier if someone could just make that choice for me, right? Just find the person that I'm supposed to be with and then I'll marry him and it'll be great. Do you have a personal experience? Like, like, do you know somebody who has an arranged marriage? Because this is only like stereotypical Indian culture that I know of that does that. Well, no, I, I have never, I guess I've never personally met somebody that has been in a arranged marriage, but um, I have listened to a TED talk of someone who was in an arranged marriage and they talked about how it worked out perfectly. You know, they met their spouse the day they got married and the day after they got married, they went on their first date. And then, you know, when they were ready, they held hands for the first time. And then when things got better, they exchanged their first kiss. But this was all after they were married. They were married, right? And they That's talked about how, you know, the fact that they were already committed, right? They're already committed to each other, facilitated them being able to you know, make the relationship work and work to make the relationship work. And I think that's kind of where the experiment came from, right? That hunch of like, well, maybe there's something to this, right? Maybe it really does take a commitment to cultivate something that is as durable and lasting as, you know, a traditional romantic you build a dating relationship first and then you go from there. Okay. So just to kind of finalize this, maybe this is the last question, unless you guys have anything else. What is the takeaway then from this experiment for us and for the listeners? What would we say was something we learned or something we're going to apply for our dating? I think just kind of going quick. um, It was something in the beginning. um, It was about, 
um, Jake was talking about going to therapy and actually talking about or talking to understand and listening for understanding. That's like a, like a therapy, I guess, thing when you're trying to communicate. So um, what the therapist was doing is that he was, he was helping them understand each other. And I really like that. And I, and I want to bring that into my relationship um, so that I can understand how the other person is actually speaking and how they speak and also listen for their understanding and repeat. But it's not necessarily repeating back what they say. It's just listening for understanding and kind of getting that common background of, okay, where is she, what is, where's the thought process? What is she thinking of? Uh, Is she wanting to take this further? Is she not, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of what I want to bring to my, my relationships. Also, it's a choice, you know, Uh, I loved how they're talking about the choice in the matter of if you want to be with this person or not. And I think, um, Stephanie, we hit, you hit that, um, as hit that as well is where, you know, God's not going to tell us not to do something. Um, and he's not going to say, if you did this, then you're going to be damned forever. It's not like that. I think you make a choice whether, whether you like it or not, and you got to stick to that choice. Um, just kind of going back to my past, you know, my experience with, you know, proposing to my ex-wife, I don't regret that at all. It was my choice. Marrying her was my choice. There's nothing wrong with that. Anything else happened after that? Obviously, it is my choice and what happened. But like, I think the fact of the matter is, is that I chose that and I'm, I'm okay with that choice. And I know that God knows that I am okay with that choice and he is okay with that choice. And I think a lot of people need to understand that, you know, that's not something like, like it's not something that I regret doing is because it was my choice. It's he, give, he, he has given that agency to us so that we can learn joy. You know, we we're here on this earth to learn joy. And that's, that's, that's what's important. You choose your love and you love your choice. I think that was my biggest takeaway along with not being picky and but being the right kind of picky, right? Being just that, just the right kind of picky. Goldilocks picky. Goldilocks picky. Just, just right. Not too hot, not too cold. Just right. Yeah, I would definitely say that too. I think the only thing I would add to what you guys are saying is just, going into it not expecting anything to be huge or any like kind of like what jake was saying just the commitment being like you know if it works cool if not great but be in the moment be in the moment absolutely. be in the now guys be in the now and be you to find you or your person and your person find your person to find your person go find them okay thanks guys for joining us We'll see you next time. When I-